Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Verses 24 through 34. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into bards, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying what we will eat or what we will drink, what we will wear. For it is the Gentiles who seek all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Katie, for the beautiful reading of our scripture this morning. A special thank you to our men's ensemble as well. We are grateful for your gift of music this day. So many wonderful things going on in the life of a church. It's important for us to celebrate all those things. If you are with us for the first time today, whether you're joining us online or you're here in person, um, today is the first Sunday of Lent. And we are talking about the way of Jesus. And we're talking about the way of Jesus with Jesus talking about the Sermon on the Mount. So we are currently on the Mount of Beatitudes, and he is doing these, this teaching. The Sermon on the Mount is unique to the Gospel of Matthew. It's not in any other of the other Gospels, although the Luke's Gospel has the Sermon on the Plain, which is a little bit similar, but it's not exactly what Matthew has here. Matthew's gospel is divided into five discourses, and they are intended to be taught, and they are intended to be memorized. And so it's a teaching gospel, but it's pretty clear what Matthew wants us to know about Jesus. And this is what Matthew wants us to know. First, Matthew wants us to know that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah King. Jesus is also the fulfillment of the Scriptures— that everything that the prophets have said, Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Son of man, son of God, savior of the world. And then as a result of Jesus, his teachings, his life, death, and resurrection, a community has been formed, an ecclesia, a church. It's what we call it today. And this church is called to something different. It's called to something new. 
It's a new Christian ethic and a new identity. It means that the church is called to live differently than the world, and whatever they're hearing currently from in Matthew's gospel in that audience was from the Pharisees, and what they were hearing were legalistic teachings, and Jesus turns the law upside down. It's also a message of hope. The Gospels are always a message of hope for us. I mean, if you think about the time in which these were written, it was occupied territory by the Romans. There was barbarianism everywhere. They witnessed this every day. And their own people were selling out to the powers that be, filling their own pocketbooks with money, or dirty money at that, and seeking power for their own personal gain. And in the midst of all of this, Jesus talks about worry, and he talks about money. That must have captured their attention. I know that it captures ours, does it not? When we talk about money and we talk about worry, they seem to go hand in hand. And Jesus' listeners would have heard this teaching on not storing up treasures on heaven. This came before what we heard today. So they would already have that in their mindset. He'd already laid the groundwork for this. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where rust rust, um, can get at them and thieves can come and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Store up for your treasure. Because where your treasure is, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. They would have remembered this. And now Jesus takes this idea of treasures, money, and he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Just don't worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Don't worry about any of it. These things might cause us, I think, to worry a little bit because we have a tendency to worry a lot. We spent hours. How many of us have spent hours trying to figure out just where to eat for dinner? I mean, my husband and I will have a conversation, and he'll say, you just, you just tell me because I'm not going to talk about it. I don't know. Should we do Mexican? Should we do Chinese? Maybe tonight's Italian. Maybe we should do some barbecue. Should we go out to eat? Should we do Grubhub? Or should we just go to the store? Hours spent trying to figure out what to eat. Same is true for the clothes that we wear. I mean, maybe we're already planning in our minds about the clothes that we want to wear. Easter's coming up. Do we have our Easter clothes? We've got spring. We've got summer vacations. We've got things ahead of us. We've got a plan. Do we have all of the right clothes? Do we fit into our clothes? Do we need to go shopping? If so, when is the next sale? Do I have the right coupons? Do I have the money in the bank? I need to put it on my calendar. We invest a lot of time in planning our food and in what it is that we wear. And these are very practical things, are they not? They're very practical, and we do them every day. And if we don't think about them, they don't get done. If we don't worry about them, who will? And yet Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about these things, and that's easier said than done. And to make his point, Jesus uses two everyday examples. The first is the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, and yet God feeds them. And he says, aren't you worth more than this? And Jesus is not saying, what he's not saying is to do nothing. Have you ever watched birds? They are very, very busy. 
They are plucking that food. They are gathering little branches. They are making their nests. They are having families. And yet God has provided all of those resources for them. They are not idle. That's not what the text says to us. They are busy doing the work of the day. Look at the lilies of the field. How they grow. They're beautiful. They don't toil and they don't spin. And yet Solomon in all his glory didn't even look as good as these lilies. I'd say the tulips. Have you seen the tulips in the stores? They're gorgeous, the tulips. Solomon in all of his glory, it says, and for this audience of Jesus who is listening to this, they would have heard that. It was said that the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. His annualized income was 25 tons in gold. I hope that gold was pretty high at that time. It's not just gold, though. Solomon had, he had silver. He had ivory. He had servants. He had ships. He had apes. He had peacocks. That's what the scripture says. He was filled with the bounty of the Lord. For us, this might be equivalent to having really big houses and fast cars, name brand clothes, expensive vacations, diversified portfolios. This would have been that of the day. But look, Jesus says, look at, look at the lilies of the field. Don't worry about all that stuff. God clothes the lilies and the grass of the fields. Don't you think that you are more than that? You are worth more than that? You can't serve both God and money. That's what it says. We could spend a lot of time on that. For either you will love one and hate the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. Choose this day whom you will serve. Where is your faith? Don't you trust God? That's what Jesus is asking. Most of us would say that we do have faith, that we do trust God. But do we trust him with some of the important things in our life? Do we trust God with our money? Do we trust God with our jobs? Do we trust God with our families? The honest truth, I think, is, is that life is stressful. Sometimes we're stressed out. Maybe we're stressed out a lot. This past week we did, uh, Reverend Ryan already shared. It's a great event we had here at our church with Carrie Kampakis. She came and she spoke for a couple hours to our, um, our moms and our, our young girls. And she emphasized the importance of relationships. And I think what she said could translate into any relationship. But she shared some information that I thought was absolutely startling. And one of the things that she said was, she talked about stress of young people. And one of the things with the stress of young people is that they are now worrying and more stressed out than their own parents. Exactly. Wow is right. That ought to be cause for us to think about what is going on in the life of our young people. For our adults, what are adults stressed out about? What do you think the number one thing that people are stressed out about? What did you say? Let's say it out loud. Money, number one on the list according to the statistics. Number one, psychological health care says money is the number one worry on people's list. Followed by job security, relationships, health, and then the next one is actually from additional sources, politics. <laughs> Stressing us out. 
How many times have we heard someone say, I don't worry about that, it's good, everything's going to be okay. I mean, when I hear that sometimes, it's not going to be okay. Here are all the reasons why it's not going to be okay. When someone tells us we shouldn't worry, it can feel like they are dismissing our feelings and that they really don't know the gravity of what we are sharing. Now, worrying isn't all bad. If we didn't worry, we wouldn't get things done. If we have a pain in our body and we start to worry about it, it causes us to go to the doctor. If our children aren't really being themselves, got to pay attention to that. We worry about them and maybe we need to spend some time with them. We worry about money. We worry about spending it, not spending it. Are we going to have enough for when we retire? Are we going to be able to do all the things that we want to do? Worry, 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 worry. And yet Jesus says, do not worry. When we worry excessively, it leads to anxiety. And this can lead to serious health problems. That's not the kind of worry that I think that Jesus is talking about. If we or a loved one is experiencing excessive anxiety that's debilitating, it means that a health professional needs to be involved. I want you to hear that. When Jesus says, do not worry, I don't believe he's talking about high anxiety situations that require mental health professionals. Our daily worries can lead to that, and we've got to keep an eye on them. And it's important, especially in our children, especially in our children. Jesus is talking about our daily needs, and where do we put our trust? Because we think we've got all the answers and we can do everything on our own. Do we have the faith that God will see us through and will provide everything we need? Do we believe that? We are a people of faith. We may not get everything that we want, but God always gives us just what we need. I think that's a rock song. Most of us probably agree that most of the stuff that we worry about never even happens. Some of us can work ourselves into a worrying frenzy, and it never happens. And you can only tell it never happens because you can look back and you can see that that didn't even happen. Why did I even exert energy on that? Corey Ten Boone wrote a book. The Hiding Place, and it's about her family's time uh, during the resistance of the Nazis, and her family, she came from a family of deep faith in, in Christ, and they got caught, they were placed in a concentration camp, and so she exemplified in that setting what it means to trust and have faith in God, and here's one of her quotes, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. It does not enable us to escape evil. It makes us unfit to face evil when it comes. It is the interest you pay on trouble before it comes. Worry knocks us down. It takes away our joy. It stresses us out so much that all we can be is angry, frustrated, and anxious. And Jesus doesn't want that for us. He said, don't worry. If I have clothed the lilies and the the grass and I have provided all of these things, how much more do I love you? 
God has got you and God has got your situation. Trust in that. No matter what's going on in your life, God already knows. We remember the words from Paul to the Philippians. Do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known before God. I think that one of the things that we worry about today is the church. Do we not worry about the church? I'll answer that for you. People worry about the church. And they share their worry with everybody else. So pretty soon, everybody's worried, 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 worried about the church. What do you think people are worried about? Well, money. Is the church going to have enough money to be able to do its ministries? What about the pews? Are we ever going to have full pews again? People worry about that. Are people leaving the church? Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And we share it like it's the good news when it's bad news. <laughs> I want to share two, two stories with you, and then I'm going to specifically talk about this church, okay? I'm going to go into a little bit of a stewardship emphasis here, even though it's only March. Can I do that? I'm going to. <laughs> first story. First story. I may have shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Sometimes the only way we can see God at work is when we look back. Because we tend to have a tendency to think it's all on our shoulders, that it's all about us and what we can and can't do. Rather than pointing to all the things and all the ways that God can work in the world. First story. My very first appointment I was appointed um, as associate minister with a senior minister. We were appointed at the same time. We walked into the church, $10 million debt, three months behind on every single bill, and I was told that I they weren't sure whether they were going to be able to pay my paycheck. The year, 2008. You remember that year? We remember it well, don't we? We went to the bank for some creative financing. See if we could split up the loan, if we would only have to pay interest here and not on this, and did all these things. And you know what the bank told us? <laughs> this is impossible. This isn't gonna work. In fact, you need to sell your property because the church is gonna die. It is unsustainable. But here's the thing. That's what the bank said. That's what the numbers said. That's what they thought. But I want you to know that we decided to move forward with that creative financing, and that church has today already paid off half of that $10 million, and it is doing well. Don't tell God what God can and can't do. Don't put our limitations on the possibilities of what God wants to do. Second story, I was in my former church, had a church member that wanted to meet with me, and you know, that's always suspect. You're always, ah, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Um, but he met with me, lovely man, youth family, and he said to me, look, I just sold my business, and I want to give some money to the church. I want to tithe what we gained from the sale of our business. And he sat there 
and wrote a check for $500,000. That church had a mortgage, it's gone. Don't tell God what God can and can't do. You never know when someone's going to show up, when God's going to move in someone's heart to challenge them, to transform them for the work of the kingdom of God. And I want to talk about Marietta first. So we're in the process of working on our budget. It's always a joyful experience. (laughs) Last year, we extended ourselves, okay? We were hopeful, and we extended ourselves and went above and beyond what this church typically gives. We almost did it, but we didn't quite do it. So we know that we're back in that point where we're having to put our budget where it needs to be. For the past 10 years, this church has given at the same level. It hasn't changed in 10 years. It's 2023. Have you been to the grocery store? Do you know what a big box of aluminum foil cost? $15. That's the nonstick box. I like that one. Have you looked at the price of eggs? Seven, eight dollars for 12 eggs. Here in the church, electricity, water, health insurance, it has skyrocketed. And yet we're still right here. And so we're having to make some, some decisions. The decisions are we want to have Easter in the park costs. We want to be able to have a wonderful and vibrant children's ministry at costs. We want to be able to have and send our youth on a mission trip. We want to be able to send our adults on a mission trip. It costs us something. It's just the way it is. But if we don't think that God can't do that, we might want to leave right now. If we want to think that God can't provide for the needs of our congregation, what are we doing here? Do not worry, Jesus says. And we wouldn't have to worry if everybody gave something. I told you I was gonna turn this into a stewardship message, but the message is this. If you're not giving, I would like you to consider giving and trust that God will use those resources for the glory of God right here for the kingdom of God in Marietta. And if you're able to give more, consider giving more. God has entrusted us with everything that we have. Where is your treasure, God is asking each one of us, and do we trust God to see it through? I am hopeful for the future of our church because you're here. I am hopeful for all the ways that God is working and all the things that God is doing in the life of Marietta First. May we be a people who celebrates the good things, and may we share that with everybody that we encounter. Let's not share our worry. Let's share our joy. Will you do that for me? Y'all, I need your help here. Will you do that for me? (laughs) Let's pray. Holy and loving God, we are awed by your love for us and the ways that you work in and through us. Let us not be people who worry. Let us be people who trust in your saving grace, knowing You've got this church that's been around since 1833. And you've got each one of us and our families. And Lord, we trust that because you are faithful. 
And we pray these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.